Welcome to the Smart Buildings Technology Podcast. Smart Buildings Technology is a media, events, and research platform dedicated to enhancing collaboration across the professional technology ecosystem serving the smart buildings market. Our content is based on the central theme of a smart building, making disparate systems work together effectively. This focus on integration applies across technologies, building systems, a building owner's internal organization, and professional trades serving the smart building. At Smart Buildings Technology, we make intelligent connections. We accomplish this by reaching the entire value chain of building system concept, design, integration, deployment, and management. Hi, I'm Matt Vincent, Senior Editor with Smart Buildings Technology. Welcome into the SBT Podcast. For this episode of the SBT Podcast, we welcome back Green Badger's Tommy Lindstroth. As stated in his biography page on the USGBC website, Tommy Lindstroth's career has spanned the private, academic, and nonprofit sectors in the Midwest, West, and now East Coast, where he is principal of Trident Sustainability Group, a triple bottom line consultancy firm, and also CEO of Green Badger, a cutting edge sustainability software company. To date, Lindstroth has personally been involved with over 60 projects, achieving LEED certification with another two dozen underway. These projects include the first building in the Southeast to be both LEED certified and in the National Register of Historic Places, the first all-retail LEED shopping center in the nation, the first LEED McDonald's restaurant, and Sustainable Fellwood, one of the largest green affordable housing developments, part of the Lead for ND pilot program and Lead for Homes program in the nation. Green Badger is a direct output of Linstroth's experience with Lead. Green Badger provides a mobile solution to Lead construction documentation and allows for easy management of construction waste, sustainable materials tracking, erosion and indoor air quality reporting, and managing low VOC products, including a barcode scanner that gives real-time VOC information. Lindstroth also founded and chairs Sustainativity, a nonprofit organization utilizing direct philanthropic investments in sustainability to transform communities. He co-chairs the USGBC's National Value Healthy and Efficient Affordable Housing Advocacy Campaign, and he is the past chair of the USGBC Georgia chapter and is the original founder and past chairman of the USGBC Savannah chapter. He is a frequent speaker on green building and sustainability topics throughout the country and co-authored a book entitled Local Action, The New Paradigm in Climate Change Policy, published in 2007. For this uh, SBT's second sit-down with Tommy, we wanted to pinpoint his perspective on a specific set of questions related to matters of ESG, of course that's environmental, social, and governance, with uh, compliance. Our questions included the following. For, for site contractors and property owners slash managers, what does ESG really mean? How can gathering stats and data on ESG be used to inform change for different types of organizations? What are the most important ESG metrics and how can they help propel positive outcomes? What is the value of tracking ESG metrics in terms of asking probing questions that can lead companies to new processes, automations, use cases, and efficiencies? And finally, we asked Tommy, what are his predictions for ESG developments uh, going into uh, this year and uh, next year? So we give you 
Tommy Lindstra. So um, in terms of ESG, um, what I really wanted to ask you is um, what are the implications? How are the implications different for uh, for contractors, construction contractors, uh, building contractors and uh, system integrators uh, versus uh, property owners and managers? Sure. So, I mean, just broadly to, to, to just define it, ESG is environmental, social governance metrics. And really, you know, they're, they're designed to be uh, a set of transparency principles. So there's not a, you know, there's not a score, there's not a, a, a checklist you follow. It's really, there's, there's a variety of principles and depending on your industry, depending if you're a, a building owner or asset manager or a contractor or a service provider, uh, you know, you look at different things within your organization, but really it, it's set up so that it provides transparency for people who are partnering with you. So that if somebody's going to hire you or invest in you or buy your building or lease your building, um, that they just have a better understanding of, of the principles of the organization behind it. And so, you know, that being said, ESG looks, looks different for different companies, different organizations somebody managing one building, it's going to look a lot different than somebody who has 50 buildings in a portfolio. Um, somebody who's just starting out into ESG, um, you know, we, we'd advise them don't go into the deep end because there are so many things you can do that it's 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 a journey. It's an evolution. And again, there's uh, not a right or wrong answer of what it is or how it affects you, but um, it's it's different, different scopes for different organizations. Um, there's some common themes, right? So environmental tends to look at things like energy consumption, waste generation, how much fuel is being used. Um, social is a, a makeup of, of things, but it can be anything from wellness programs to um, uh, gender and racial equity of your workforce. Uh, governance really gets into you know, organizing principles. Do you have codes of conduct? Do you have standards for ethical behavior? So again, some of those are a lot more relevant to uh, bigger companies than smaller companies. Some like Construction industries might have a lot more focus on things like safety uh, and things that are impacting them because they're much more mobile and at job sites versus somebody who's managing a real estate asset. So uh, uh, the, the answer to your, to your question is it depends. Uh, it's flexible and it's uh, an evolution depending on where you are in your personal ESG journey with your organization. Okay, uh, thanks for that. Um, so my next question is that uh, you kind of just covered this, but uh, but I'll say, um, what are the most important ESG metrics for buildings uh, specifically, and how can uh, adhering to them or considering them uh, help to propel uh, positive outcomes? Sure. So uh, for buildings in particular, I mean, again, a lot of it and a lot of the ESG we see leans towards the E. Uh, and I think that's because that's sometimes where the most financial component is. So when you when you're in the environmental metric side of things, I mean, when you're starting to drill down, the obvious one that comes to mind is is energy use of the building. Why is that obvious? Well, you tend to get a bill every month, and you're paying that bill, so it gives you the data point you need, and it also gives you a financial incentive to not only track that consumption, but eventually then begin your tactics to reduce it because it's going to keep money in your pocket. Um, but for a building, you've got things like your energy consumption, that's your electricity, could be natural gas, could be fuel oil. Uh, it could be measuring if you do have renewables on your pro on your building, the waste generated by the occupants, certainly you know, how many times do you have to haul off dumpsters? Do you offer recycling? Are you able to divert any of that waste uh, from the landfill? You can start looking at um, sort of less tangible items, but things like 
uh, building accessibility and are, is there mass transit access? Are there, are there um, carpooling opportunities for the folks within that building? Social can be a number of things. Again, building wellness, building health, building amenities. You know, do you have things uh, that provide the tenants or the occupants the ability to work in a comfortable environment with good air quality, with good light, um, access to fitness centers, access to amenities? Can they go take a walk during a lunch break? Um, and governance, again, really comes into to sort of the, the governing principles that you might have. And again, it comes down to uh, a lot of times those are driven by the organization. So, you know, does does the organization, are we talking about the organization in that building or the building itself? And then you start splitting splitting hairs of, you know, what affects, what is a building policy versus what is an organizational policy? But again, the uh, the governance side really comes down to, uh, you know, the, the policies and the regulations that you want to have in place to uh, ensure your building's functioning as you'd like it to. Thank you. Now, when it comes to gathering stats and uh, data uh, for ESG and for tracking uh, ESG metrics, what are the uh, what are the best practices for uh, methodology? Is it all really come down to software, or what are you seeing out there that organizations and companies are doing? Sure. Well, I'll start with just the, the benchmarking is so important. People like to skip that step and, and get to tactics and start saying, oh, we should put in this or that or that. And to me, it's, you know, you don't, if you're a football coach, you're not just calling a play 10, uh, 10 minutes into the second uh, quarter without knowing the score, without knowing how much time's on the clock, without knowing what the other team's defense is setting up. So uh, we always just caution teams to the tactics are the fun stuff. It's the implementation. It's the, hey, we installed EV chargers or we, you know, did this new thing in the break room. That's the fun stuff. But until you really establish a baseline benchmark of where you are, and that's where it comes into the data and the and the tracking and establishing a baseline so you you can measure success or you can set internal goals. So certainly, you know, we're a software company. Uh, we are, we we're a big proponent proponent of moving away from spreadsheets and putting into platforms that can help provide a lot more data analytics and a lot more transparency into the process. But if you're a you know if you're just having if you have one building and you're just managing that, you know, can you do that in a in a more manual way or in a spreadsheet? Sure, you know we we just advocate start the process, start small, and at least get moving. Um, certainly, if you're talking, hey, I've got I'm trying to do this for my entire organization, and we have eight different office locations, or I'm managing ten different properties, and I want to be able to compare and contrast how one building's performing versus another. Certainly, using a, a digital tool, whether it's something really simple like um, the EPA has an Energy Star calculator that's free that you can just put your building utilities in versus something more comprehensive like what we offer where it's showing you trends and uh, carbon and you're able to compare and contrast different asset types. So um, there's not a right or wrong answer. Again, I think some of that goes back to ESG as a journey. And when you're early on, maybe some manual ways of doing it are appropriate as you're just dipping your toe in the water. But once you start getting into it and you really want to start being a little more analytical with it, definitely software, like everything in our lives, can, can make that process a little bit easier. Definitely. Thank you. Uh, now, in terms of the metrics that are uh, received uh, from uh, from ESG uh, tracking, um, what would some uh, examples of uh, new processes, automations, use cases, efficiencies that organizations could uh, could arrive at uh, from uh, from asking probing questions about uh, 
about ESG? Sure. I think, again, it starts, you, you get that benchmark and then you can choose your own adventure from there. So certainly on the energy side, once you have seen your energy consumption for a year or two, you can really then start to see, you know, where do we need to, where do we need to improve? Is it lighting systems? Is it a building automation system? Do we need to have occupancy sensors or timers? Are we properly programming our, our HVAC system or is it running all night when nobody's in the building? So I think Again, you get that sense of information and it lets you start to set what your own goals are. Um, certainly some of these metrics are a lot more uh, numerically driven, like you can compare your energy uh, consumption last year in May to this year in May. Some of the social and governance things are are maybe a little less, um, less uh, comparable like that because it's sort of a more, more yes. Do we have a policy that addresses supplier diversity? Yes. Did we have one last year? No. Okay, well, we're making a step in the right direction. So it just lets you build that roadmap so that you can have a plan in place. Because you know, the challenge we see is within ESG, there's the things you firmly control. Like if I have a building, that energy, we control the systems, we own those systems, we could change those out. Then there's the things you impact. Well, we can't actually control maybe how our occupants are using it because they might you know, all have space heaters because we lease this portion of the office. But we can uh, we we can maybe influence it. So then it starts to look at well, where where do we have some say, but we can actually start to influence. So and those tend to be the trickier ones. So when we're working with um, folks trying to help them determine what their plan is, we always start small, like think concentric circles. We want to start with what we absolutely control, and then we want to look at well, that next circle is okay. Well, what can we impact? And then finally, what can we influence? And so you know, when you once you have that benchmark of ESG, it lets you start working down that roadmap and setting plans in place. You don't have to go and say, yes, we have everything in year one. It's okay, year one, we're going to focus on benchmarking. Year two, we're going to reduce, we're going to do the low hanging fruit and put some policies and programs in place, some efficiencies. Okay, well, year three, now we're going to, you know, reach out to vendors and suppliers who we can't, we can't make them do anything, but we can ask we can see if they're willing to participate in our programs. And so it just, to me, really helps you build that a structured plan versus if you looked at it in whole, you'd say, my God, there are 500 things we need to collect and implement to have an ESG program. I'm not even going to start. I don't have a team for this. And so we really want to make it you know, successful by doing it in bite-sized chunks. And by first collecting that data and getting that baseline, it allows you to create just like any other business strategy, right? You're not going to go out from zero and say, we're going to be at a billion dollars. It's in year one, we're going to do X. In year two, we're going to do Y. And ESG is the same thing. It is a business strategy that you need to put some thought and planning into. Uh, and once you have that benchmark, you have the data points where you can then build a three or five-year plan to get to where your organization wants to go. Understood. Thank you. Um now, uh, my last question uh, for uh, what's on the horizon for ESG um, in 2023 in Smart Buildings Technology Magazine, we uh, did some reporting. Um, somebody in the industry suggested that this year the Security and Exchange Commission might be coming out with uh, a ruling on compliance for ESG for corporations that might uh, cause a bit of a scramble. You have your pulse. Uh, I mean, you have your finger on the pulse of things in terms of uh, uh, what what might be coming down the pike in terms of uh, ESG uh, compliance. Uh, that sure, I, I really think 2024 is going to be the year. I think there's a lot of things going on. And again, we're all almost halfway into the year uh, here on May 2nd or whatever we're at already. So I think the, the, the pump is being primed in the latter half of this year, but we've already seen, as you mentioned, draft 
proposal from the SEC that publicly funded companies or publicly traded companies need to disclose carbon. Uh, we had the Inflation Reduction Act, which also had stipulations if you do business with the federal government, more than seven and a half million a year, you have to disclose scope one and scope two carbon. And for where we live in the construction industry, if you build one building, that's a federal project, right? That's you. So that could be a, a billion dollar contractor. That could be a, a small regional contractor now needs to start thinking about this. So that's why for us, it's important uh, to start having those conversations because you want to be prepared and you don't want to walk into a potential business meeting uh, or uh, you know a, a, you're pitching your your services and they say, well, how are you managing your ESG program? And you're like, my ES what? So to us, you know, ESG, it's about transparency. It's the financial industry uh, and investors and insurers are having a huge hand in it. Uh, and the public policy is having a huge hand in it. So you're either going to see financial requirements or regulatory requirements for it. And to us, you know, it's a risk reduction measure to really start being prepared now. And, you know, if anyone was asking me, I'd say, hey, I do think 2024 is the year. So use the last six, seven months of this year to prepare yourself and to start thinking about how how you are going to set up your ESG program so that you're not caught flat footed when all of a sudden it becomes a, a requirement to do business with somebody. Understood. Thank you. So as we close here, what's the one big uh, takeaway uh, that uh, companies and organizations who might just be getting started in uh, ESG um, can uh, can remember uh, in terms of advice? Sure. So one one big takeaway is that you know it, it can be overwhelming. If you just Google it, you're going to get a whole bunch of uh, responses from consulting companies and people offering to sell you services. And hey, if you want to outsource it, great. But you know we really think ESG is very personal to an organization, to a building, to a group, uh, and it's going to take a lot of internal. Uh, it's going to take internal resources, dedication, and leadership. So um, ESG can definitely have outside support, but it, it's really a reflection of your company and your organization. And so, you know, start thinking of it in that lens. And for people who don't know where to start, um, we are releasing in June our ESG implementation guide, which really is just a, a, a again a primer of the the tier one, tier two, tier three of an implementation strategy, just to use as a framework, so that if you are starting from scratch and you don't have a twenty person team dedicated to this. Where do you start? You know, here's some suggestions of a framework. Again, it's not going to be all 500 ESG metrics at once. That's a, we don't recommend that approach. It's really going to be a, a a tangible, implementable approach. So again, stay tuned at getgreenbadger.com uh, for that resource. It's free, and it's again, we're just we're, we want the industry to be better prepared to adopt this, whether it's a contractor, whether it's a building owner, whether it's a service provider, and our, that roadmap is built really, really to do that. Definitely. Well, uh, thank you so much. Uh, really valuable uh, information and uh, overview. Uh, Tommy Lindstroth and Green Badger, uh, thanks again for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.